There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision. Now available from Reynolds & Reynolds. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used cars. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year automotive news digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Monday, February 5th, 2024. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News in Detroit. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, Ford tries to get back on track in its EV transition. Stellantis denies rumors of a merger with Renault. And U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm tells dealers that the administration isn't slowing down on electrification. Plus, we'll hear from Toyota's North America sales chief, Jack Hollis. Our goal is to grow with our dealers, not around our dealers. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Ford executives are acknowledging that the automaker has caused, quote, pain points for dealers. The automaker is promising to adapt, including in its transition to electric vehicles in response to their concerns. According to people in the room, that's what Ford's chief dealer engagement officer, Elena Ford, told the company's U300 small dealer group. After Automotive News published the story on Friday, a Ford spokesperson said Ford's comment was a general statement about multiple issues that have led to falling dealer satisfaction scores. Ford CEO Jim Farley promised the group that the company will continue adjusting its EV certification program. Farley said he will spend two weeks traveling around the country solely to visit dealers in as many markets as possible. Hyundai has taken important first steps in its partnership with Amazon. That's what the company told dealers at its make meeting on Saturday at the NADA show. The automaker and the online retail giant are developing a way to enable Hyundai dealers to sell vehicles to consumers through the popular shopping platform. Just one month into the pilot, Hyundai made its first vehicle delivery to an Amazon employee in Seattle, where the retailer is headquartered. The beta phase connects in-market Amazon employees with 18 Hyundai dealers in major markets. Those include Los Angeles, Atlanta, New York, and Denver. Stellantis chairman John Elkan says the automaker has no plans to merge with Renault. The statement comes in response to press speculation about a possible merger. Elkan said, quote, there is no plan under consideration regarding merger operations with other manufacturers. On Sunday, an Italian news outlet said the French government, which is Renault's largest shareholder and has a stake in Stellantis, was studying a merger plan between the two groups. It wrote that France is considering the move to strengthen its grip on the sector and to counter Chinese and German competition. And U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says the Biden administration should not be tapping the brakes on electric vehicles. That's despite simmering dealer and consumer concerns over EV affordability and access to charging infrastructure. Granholm made the statement at the NADA show in Las Vegas. 
We're not jamming EVs down anybody. We want people to come to this because they've heard their neighbor or they've read about it and they want to check it out or they've talked to their trusted dealer and gotten the option to be able to drive. Granholm's comments come after thousands of car dealerships last month urged President Joe Biden to reconsider the EPA's proposed limits on vehicle tailpipe pollution for the 2027 through 2032 model year cars and light trucks. The dealers argue the move will mandate an unrealistic shift to battery electric vehicles. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, Ford admitting to missteps when it comes to the EV transition. In your opinion, what do you think was their biggest pain point? You know, obviously with the dealers, a lot of it has to do with Ford's requirements to invest in EV chargers. A lot of them put money into new chargers, and then Ford said they're going to switch to Tesla's North American charging system instead of the other ones. So uh, they feel a little whipsawed on that. But a lot of it has just been Ford and GM as well, uh, really overestimating short-term demand. I think, you know, Elon Musk has been out there talking for years about infinite demand for EVs, at least for his uh, Tesla EVs. And of course, we saw last year in 2023, that was no longer the case. He had to cut prices steeply. That put a lot of pressure then back on, you know, the Mustang Mach-E, for instance, and on the GM vehicles as well. So I think, you know, it's getting a sense of where the real demand is today, given the vehicles that are available and the charging network that we have knowing both are going to improve, but they're not going to improve right away. Gotcha. Coming up, Toyota Motor North America's top sales chief talks about the automaker's electrification strategy and the role dealers are playing in that transition. That's next on Daily Drive. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department. You need it to find accurate comp sets and to best understand your market in order to make precise appraisal and pricing decisions, but it feels like you're always struggling to get the information you need. How much time do you spend sifting through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? Do you frequently make manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. AJ McGowan, president and founder of AutoVision, explains how. If you look at the way that cars are traditionally priced, you know, you can get down to specifics in terms of, you know, what zip code is it in and, you know, what options does it have on it? And, you know, some of those sorts of things. Um, but the thing that's never really taken into account um, is, you know, that dealer's, you know, specific view of the market. Our goal with AutoVision was to use, you know, technology that's available now to do real-time processing, which allows dealers to really set the their view of the market into AutoVision. And then we use our tools to analyze the data that's there and show them this is what this vehicle is worth to you. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit reyrey.com slash used cars to find out more. That's reyrey.com slash used cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. Last year, Toyota often found itself accused by outside groups of being behind on electric vehicles, but Toyota's North America sales chief says the company has benefited from letting its widely varied powertrain strategy be guided by its dealers and their customers. Jack Hollis spoke with automotive news publisher Casey Crane at last week's retail forum NADA 
in Las Vegas. Here's a piece of their conversation. You know, you and I were chatting a year ago at NADA. Yeah. Some stuff's changed since then. The world's a little bit different. Yeah. Let's, let's start with the easy stuff. Something like interest rates. <laughs> yeah. Right? Let's go to a really comfortable spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't control interest rates. I can't sure. control interest rates. Sure. But overall, how's it impacting sales? What are the changes in consumer habits you guys are seeing? How does this change the way you think about the business? Do we have to think about product mix? How do you guys tackle something like this, which is a major yep. issue? Yeah. Uh, let me first by simply saying hello to, to all of you and glad you're here. It's great to be with KC and Automotive News. KC, thanks for having me. And to all the Automotive News staff, thanks for being with me, Larry, and, and the chance to be, just be a part of this is pretty cool. Glad to have you. So thank you. Uh, it's really a, it's an honor to be with all I'm of you. Glad to have your son here too, buddy. Yeah, I've yeah. AJ with me. That's yeah. fun. Um, you know, I think it's uh, interest rates. And as we talk about interest rates, it's, it is very difficult. It's one of those uh, very... Um, because we can't control it, right. because you don't know exactly where it's going. It's kind of nice that it stayed, you know, flat for a second. It, how has it affected us? Clearly, the the, the atmosphere of, of of leasing has been affected probably the most. Uh, it's reduced it across the industry, uh, and even more so. I think in some things I read, read, it's probably affected us more so. But I think the interest rates, it's, it, it's not so much the, just the interest rates. It's what it has said about uh, economic outlook. Yeah. The the idea that. You know, all of you do such a great job. When, when, when we know the, uh, where we're at, when we know things are flat, quite honestly, and I'm super biased and I'll just up the front, Toyota and Lexus will win. When we, we feel good, when it's kind of steady, we think everything's steady right now. You talk about employment, steady, interest rates are steady. So what it was last year where there was kind of question mark to where it is today, it is a big difference in 12 months. I think where we are going is even better for the for the customer and for the dealer because you're going to see whether you're flat or slightly decreases. I think that's what at least we're, we're forecasting. Yeah. And in seeing that, the confidence comes back not just in what you can finance, but in the overall economic outlook. But with an election year, you never know what's going to happen, and people yelling at each other and all that stuff. So we kind of you know think things will probably be pretty flat for the year. Well, yeah, exactly. Right when you start thing, things start going flat, then you have something like an election year. Yeah. But when you think about leasing for 2024, that environment helps. Yep. Gives you guys a little more control. Yep. You see an increase for leasing for 2024. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, TFS and LFS for us. I mean, just an amazing partnership with Mark Templin and Scott Cook, Alec Hagee, and their whole team. It's been great to partner with them. But if you look at just overall, because you know, think about in, just incentive levels for Tread and Lexus band have continued to stay very, very flat, very, very low. We will start to look at buy models, especially at the Lexus lineup, of where we can really help the customer. Where is leasing needed most? And we will see that. But you'll see it throughout the industry grow, and, and for us, for sure. Yeah. There was a lot of commentary a year ago, maybe a year and a half, that maybe Toyota wasn't moving as quickly as they should around electric vehicles. And there was an insane amount of capital being pumped into EVs and manufacturing and battery manufacturing and the entire ecosystem. And Toyota just kind of said, listen, we've got our plan. We like to look at things a little further out. We're not as you know reliant on our share price. And you kind of stuck to your guns. And it seems like, you know, someone could say that it's turned out all right for you guys. You know, talk a little bit about how you plan 2023 what the mix, what happened with the mix, and then when you go on into 24, you know, has anything changed? <laughs> okay, you might have to cut me off on this. So You're fine. Just tell me which way you want to go. Yeah, well, because I, no, because I, think, I think it's important to understand. And you can say I told you so if you want to a little bit. <laughs> I'll just say I told, yeah. I'll let the rest go. All right. Uh, quite honestly, it's not about that. It's really about 
how did we get to 2023 in our strategy and where are we at in 24 in our strategy and where are we going on our strategy? And it's super simple. You mentioned NADA and the results of uh, Lexus being number one, Toyota being number two in the relationship of business. That's the reason why the strategy was set, is set, and will be set is based upon what our dealers telling us the customer wants. Our dealers are not telling us they want EV more than other things. They're telling us they want EV as a choice. Sure. They want plug-in hybrid as a choice. They want hybrids as a choice. In fact, they would like to have a gas engine, but also have cleaner burning fuels. Those are where we're going. So it's not about us being slower to the market or faster to the market. It's at the market at the rate that the dealers continue to tell us. And I do think that's my concern for the whole industry because are we really listening to the consumer's needs? Right. Consumers are, right now, my opinion, our company's opinion, and I think that of the industry is saying, is that regulations are way out in front, way ahead of where the customer is at. That never works well for any industry. The customers have to lead, the regulations have to be able to protect them, not the other way. Yeah, I think and you so, gotta tell some European countries about that. Well, and, I, and in fact, I, what you see on some of those European countries are they're finding out what is happening or people are just leaving the market, finding other modes of transportation, which maybe is what they wanted, buses or trains or whatever. I'm saying, if you listen to the customer, the customer always is right. It doesn't mean you can't be working with them and you can't adjust, but we have to listen to the customer. And that customer was telling us where to go. Yeah. And I think that's what I'm proud of. This year we increased, in 2023, we had an increase of 30% year over year in hybrid sales, over 650,000. We're really proud of that. We're over, over 25% of our vehicle, of our sales are in hybrid. What's the right number going forward? I don't know, but EV has to be a strong portion. Plug-in has to be a strong portion. and Hybrid, at minimum, have to be, they have to be a strong portion. But what's the exact right mix? Yeah. The customer has to do that. We have to put that together uh, and work together. So that's, that's where I see this needs to go. And it's not a matter of I told you so. It's that we have stuck to that, to the customer and to our dealers. And, we, and that's what, that will be the strategy going forward. Just thinking back, it must have been a little nerve-wracking as everyone's going all in, yeah. worrying about getting left behind a little bit. And then everything switches so quickly. It's unbelievable. Okay, here's why I wasn't nervous. I can understand why it could be. Um, I had an awesome experience. I get to sit with Akio Toyota. He was in the U.S. and he wanted to go to a baseball game. Yeah. Ah, I'm your guy. <laughs> so we go to the Texas Rangers baseball game. And in this conversation, he said, ask me anything, whatever. And I said, where do you think we're at on EB? Everybody else is saying, we're, we're, behind. we're behind, but what are you? He's like, well, I don't know if we're behind or ahead. How do you ever determine that? Okay. He said, Jack, I have to run a global company. I have to think about the options for every person on earth. How many vehicles do you think we're going to sell, electric vehicles we will sell this year or for the next 10 years in Africa? He said, I, I really don't know. He said, that would be zero. I said, okay. I said, why? You don't spend a lot of time thinking about it? But, 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 but think about that. Yeah. When he hit that reason of the confidence was he was saying 82% of the people who live there don't, 82% have electricity in their homes. There's still about 20% who don't even have electricity in their homes. Yeah. So, how about India? And we, he started going through this. He said, so I have to have an option for all of them. Europe has this thing. Scandinavia has this. China has this. North America has this. So the issue that we have to do is invest in all of these opportunities or options to make ourselves the best we can be for a customer anywhere. So my confidence wasn't if we were behind or in front. It was that from a global perspective, I knew that we were making the right choice. Now, what that percentage means for North America yeah. first thing is, the, is, the, is the math that has to work over time. Okay, so with that context, when you think about 2024, and there's two parts to this question. One is, 
you said, we got to have this powertrain, this powertrain, this yeah. powertrain. Yeah. Which one's going to grow the most in 24? Where you guys see growth opportunity. Hybrid. That's always important. Hybrid. Okay. And then do we care at all about, as a percentage, plug-in hybrid is because you're starting from a lower number. So by percentage, okay, you'll see a large growth in, in plug-in hybrid and then in your, the hybrid by volume. And then do we care at all what the other manufacturers are doing from a volume standpoint? Do we care about being one, two, or three? In what? Sales. I care a, a whole bunch because I need, like you said earlier, if it's a competition, I want to win. Uh, but the, <laughs> one, comp the competition I want to win is number one in retail. I want to be the number one retail manufacturer. We've been there for 12 years in a row. That will continue to be our basically our one and only number metric goal because that one is saying that the dealer is winning, that, this, that the retail sales, the customer one by one is getting the benefit of our focus. Mm -hmm. And that will be the number one goal. So yeah, I want to win that one every year. So shifting gears a little bit. Yeah. You and I have been doing this for a long time. Long time. I remember there was a whole movement on the death of the sedan. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> the sedans didn't get the memo. So, uh, do you see future sedan, low cost alternative, volume player, other markets, still strong in this market? What are your thoughts? I think, I think for this year, total market, I think it's about 16 million. About 25% of that, around 22 to 25%, based on last year, will be sedans. That's still upwards of 4 million vehicles, 4 million people. I will continue to say this. If every other brand wants to continue to leave the market, I will literally figure out a way with our company to sell up 4 million because there's that many people who are buying them. Yeah. And, and, and the sedan, it's, it, it is a, yeah, it can be a low cost, but it's more about a, what is a customer wants? What is the best for them? And it's being chosen likely uh, heavily. And if you look at it, it's not just low cost, it's just sedan desire because there's many other vehicles that we, ha that we have in the industry have sedans that are still higher dollar. But they're having a range, which I'm proud of for our company, when you have a Corolla and a Prius and a Camry and had an Avalon, but now you have a Crown or a Lexus IS or an ES or an LS, each one of those are like our hottest models. Every one of those models except for LS, I'm sorry, except for ES, it has a 10-day supply or less. A 10-day supply or less. And if you have a hybrid model in one of those, it's five days or less. So that day supply of those vehicles is telling us people are loving sedans and they're loving the hybrid engines in them. It's a little higher for some of the EVs right now. It's just a little. It's a little it's higher. Slightly. But, uh, but, but, teasing, but, but teasing is appropriate because what is that saying? Yeah. But well, it's it? also refreshing too that you know, a year ago, if you weren't all EV, you wanted to kill the world. You want to blow up the planet. Sure. And there's other solutions. I don't think all your customers want to blow up the planet. No, but the question is, what are we... For all of you, for Automotive News, for me, what is the primary question? The issue is why? Why, why EV? Hopefully the answer is that we're trying to reduce carbon. The enemy is carbon. And it's not a, how do we sell more EVs? It's how do we actually reduce carbon? And if you do that, you have to give solutions for people who can afford it. Hybrid for some, plug-in for others, EVs for their, at least for the foreseeable future. So why is the industry having such a hard time with that? Of what? Of understanding that, of, of getting off. I mean, now, obviously, with demand, of figuring it out. You have two, two a year. It was insane. Because you have a regulatory piece that's coming out there in 2032 that nobody can reach. You, you can't reach two-thirds of all vehicles to be sold, to be electric. Yeah. Think about it. In the last uh, six years, you've gone from 2% to 8% of the industry. Six years. A lot of people are investing. In the next six years, we have to grow from 8% to 67%. Jack Hollis is Executive Vice President of Toyota Motor North America.
He spoke with automotive news publisher Casey Crane at our Retail Forum NADA event in Las Vegas. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News coordinating producer Jake Neer, as well as our own Michael Martinez, Carly Schaffner, Audrey LaForest, and Larry Velquette for their reporting for today's podcast. You can get the latest news on electrification, retail, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with Cox Automotive President Steve Rowley about his strategy for the future of the company. We have really said to ourselves, let's go back and listen to the customer. Man, that's driving what we're doing. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.